This is Andrian. And this is Ray. Welcome to the Talk Lab Podcast. Every two weeks, we'll invite a new guest and... In every session, we'll dig into their life, relationships, and perspectives. One question at a time. Let's Talk Lab! Yay. Welcome to the Talk Lab Podcast. This is Andrian. This is Ray. And this is... Eileen. This time, we've invited Eileen to be our ninth guest. Welcome. And then what are we going to talk about today, Ray? I think today we're very fortunate to have uh, Eileen to join our podcast. This is our first podcast and it's also our first time having someone in the medical field and more particular dentistry, right? Yep. So I think uh, it's going to be two parts. First part, uh, we're going to you know, deep dive into you know, how Eileen's life when she was uh, growing up, especially in a very interesting family dynamic, right? When everyone was sort of, uh, you know, you know, you have really good role models in uh, parents that, you know, went all the way to like the top institutions, <laughs> you know, both of them ended up in law as lawyer, your brother also did very well. And then you set really good examples for your siblings. So really understanding more from that family dynamics growing up as an elite student and also um, how you actually ended up in Hong Kong. Because yeah, I just to give some context, Eileen is actually from uh, Malaysia. And she went to all the really good schools and then she eventually chose Hong Kong as an initial place to settle down, at least for career-wise, right, and university. Yeah. So all that and more in this episode. I don't want to talk too much. Yeah, I'll leave uh, Eileen to give herself uh, some time to introduce herself. All right. So hi, everybody. My name is Eileen Lu. I'm from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Um, actually, how I ended up in Hong Kong is quite an interesting story. A um, bit of background about myself. I am the second in the family of four siblings. My parents are both, like Ray mentioned, they are both lawyers. Um, growing up, we were always very, uh, very relaxed, very laid back kind of family. My parents didn't really, you know, have the very stereotypical Asian mindset whereby you have to work hard, go to school, be a doctor. Um, but rather, they, they tried to instill more uh, core values uh, the good kind of values like mm. kindness, filial piety, uh, caring for others, being empathetical uh, in, in their children. And uh, I guess we turned out pretty okay. Um, yeah, they worked hard because the both of them, they have mm -hmm. their own law firm. Mm -hmm. And my, my elder brother, because I said I was the second, my elder brother, he is a... Uh, he he's a very good student, so he ended up going to Cambridge for uh, economics. He's now working in Singapore, and there's me, and then there's my younger brother, who is going to be off to the U.S. soon to study his his university degree. And there's my younger sister. Um, growing up, I think, even though Ray mentioned just now that I my family were uh, well to put it this way for lack of a better word overachievers mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. i would not say that we considered ourselves to be anything more than ordinary mm. because we were just instilled to do our best try our very best at every single thing we did and somehow or other it turned out to be pretty okay and that's where we got off from there uh how i ended up in hong kong yeah, so I just came over to Hong Kong for my university degree. I studied dentistry at the University of Hong Kong, and I've just started working as a dentist. So this is the almost one-year anniversary of myself working as a dentist in Hong Kong. So if you need any teeth stuff, 
shameless promo. I am It's here okay, for yeah. you. <laughs> She already gave us some tips on um, on our teeth. Yeah, we had breakfast this morning, so, and I was so just. I'm, I'm, I'm smiling a bit less. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we had breakfast this morning, and I think it's my uh, occupation occupational hazard. Mm. <laughs> I, I think we benefit from the the breakfast, right? We sort of have like free consultation on mm. where yeah. we can improve on. Yeah, so we will definitely find you after that for our uh. future consultation. <laughs> no more, you know, those uh, dentists that upsell, but more more of those. In part two, yep. where mm -hmm. we deep dive into yeah. dentistry, so I think um, you you summarize yeah um, pretty much you know your family dynamics and and everything. So if I could summarize one thing, it's like okay, you guys are quite a happy-go-lucky kind of uh, yeah, yeah. family, and then uh, I think the your upbringing is more passive aggressive. I mean, the parents is like okay, more passive, but then I, I'm not sure whether deep down inside they have some sort of expectation, but it turned out well, right? I mean, the parenting style is very Western. Mm, compared yeah, to a very yeah. you know typical Malaysian Chinese kind of upbringing where you know do, do you get cane yeah. or this kind of, yeah it's more like okay telling you oh reflect what are the good thing what are the values yeah well I wouldn't say you know we we totally steered away from the Asian style of parenting be like you only bring home A's in that aspect they had expectations of us they do continue to have high expectations of yeah. their children um, like I mentioned just now they always try to instill in us ah, you know you don't ever forget your family filial piety and values like that um, but on the other side of things they would always try to encourage uh, discussions and open chats it was it was never only about a one-sided piece of story say like mommy says you have to do this and that's that's it full stop there were always encouraged debates and things where even they themselves could do better and that actually opened our minds to think that you know you know the world is not only uh, one road there are many roads that can lead you to mecca i think yeah i think this is something very different from a lot of um Of, of our friends especially in asia so i can sort of relate to that a bit but not as a young 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 kid as i'm growing up because when i was growing up i can only imagine like okay my parents were giving instructions don't do this don't do that because i didn't really have like a, a point of view but having that right from the early stage i think that will really benefit someone to ask questions to really discuss and talk openly about it mm. so as a result right i i, I know like uh, I, i'm not saying my parents are bad or anything I think like at the end of the day, like after 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, that's when I actually start truly opening up to them and really ask questions. But I could tell that they actually start to instill all of these when we were younger, right? Yeah. So I think in my previous episodes, we were talking about, okay, like every week we have some sort of uh, meetings to discuss what were some of the highlights <laughs> of your week? What did you do? And uh, how? what's your plan for sort of next week? And back then when you were young, it's sort of like a, family gathering you guys uh, just talk about different things yeah. yeah but now looking back right it's actually an opportunity for us to connect yeah to connect that's number one but also start thinking and you know start planning about you know what you want to work on in a week of course as kids our primary kpi right we can say <laughs> it's like get a's back right that's a very Asian that's thing. fair yeah yeah so it's very interesting to hear that okay there are actually really in um really such kind of upbringing mm. in especially in like Malaysia, Asia, kind of uh, situations. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I would say I would say it's a little bit different from what I hear from my uh, classmates, my friends around me, my neighbors. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, we we still get the job done, so to speak. Yeah. Mm. I think uh, 
yeah, segue, Ying Yin, since you brought up your classmates and everything, yeah, just to give everyone, our young audience out there, um, that Eileen actually went through a very uh, traditional, like, I think if we compare Hong Kong or Singapore kind of schooling, it's like, I think in Hong Kong, it's like DBS, DG, DB, right? DB, DGS, yeah. Queens. Yeah, and Singapore is those uh, Hua Chong or Raffles kind of thing. So she went through like the equivalent in Malaysia that, you know, yep. she went to uh, KTJ, College Tuanku Jafar and Catholic High. So these are some of the big names, by the way, just giving our audience some context. Andrian's totally lost. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, Andrian's always learning. Let me, yeah. let me just brief Andrian. So I, uh, from the age of 16, I went to a boarding school. It's one of the um, British-style boarding schools and the top ones in Malaysia. It's called College Tuanku Jafar, or we call it KTJ for short. Um, it was my first time being away from home, but uh, the reason why I was sent there was because I was on a Fulbright scholarship all the way up to my uh, O-levels and my A-levels. Uh, it was a four years. It was a four years of me being in boarding school life. And uh, to be very honest, I really enjoyed it. It was a place for me to grow up to, because I was away from my family, a place where I could learn to be independent and, uh, you know, don't get scolded by my parents all the time. <laughs> Only every two weeks when I went home and then they... <laughs> and uh, anyways, um, yeah, and also, aside from the academic rigors of boarding school, I think um, KTJ also fostered in me this holistic style of education being that it's not only about the grades um, what happens outside the classroom say for example co-curricular activities swimming uh, whatever sports you play are equally as important as well so that was where I I picked up my lifestyle of being active uh, I like I and I enjoy I enjoy doing sports I enjoy doing many sports and I enjoy uh, you know being active as part of my daily life. Would you say that was competitive or it made you competitive? Was that school? Mm, I think it, wa it it did make me a little bit competitive, but it is a healthy kind of competition. I would I would try to be the best I could be, but I would not I would not say be very upset if it got you know, I didn't end up where I would yeah. I wanted to be. Then jumping back into rivalry and competition do your brother and sister would like compare each other's academically or career-wise or just trying to beat? Because Ray was sharing in the breakfast and in the briefing that he did something, right? But let's hear from Eileen first before, <laughs> before I give my point of view. <laughs> well, I think for me, um, growing up, I always knew that my elder brother had always the, the stellar grades. Not only was he the best in our family, he was the best in his school. And at that point in time, I was just like, you know, it's okay. I'll just try my best and see where that ends up. And it turned out that there was it, it was not too bad. Um, competitiveness within the family, I would say no. Our parents generally like to like like to give us the free run, give us a free run to do whatever we'd like to do. Um, yeah, so I think that was that was pretty okay for us. That's good. I think it's pretty healthy. I I, I won't say mine is very competitive either <laughs> too. I mean, like um, I had really really good uh, um, brother as a as a role model, and I think we're only just one year apart, mm. and that sort of give like very clear 
idea on you know one year later what I need to become because it's just one year older, right? Mm. So we would match each other. Okay, he because I think uh, back then we can. I'm not sure whether it's a common phenomenon worldwide, yeah. but it should be right. Whether you can choose, you want to go in the pure science route, yeah, or you go the arts route, or you know sub science route. Yeah, so he went to the pure science and I was like, okay, I'm just following that. Yeah, because, okay, pure science seems to be, okay, you need better grades to get in. If you get in, you sort of feel entitled that you can get in. But not putting or telling our audience out there that, okay, arts and humanities is not good. Yeah, it's just that the way our education system is structured and sort of like we were, you know, crafted to, to think that way. And you feel achieved when you get that. So, um, yeah, interesting point of view that, okay, he always has really, really good great but of course not top of the school and everything like like uh um, Eileen's brother Han Rong right yep yeah and then um yeah so he always had a uh, good grades had good relationship with teachers yeah had leadership roles in school and for me I'm just like you know quite happy go lucky but I was like okay I, I gotta at least hit it and or beat it if possible yeah so I had that mindset and it's been playing out quite well so he would have straight A's in like his PMR, which is I think equivalent to d- slightly below DSE. We yeah. have something in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he would, oh, I would also get straight A's, and then uh, I got a D for my Mandarin. Yeah, and then SPM, which is like DSE equivalent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I he would have straight A's, and I also would just match it. And then IB was a tipping point where I actually <laughs> beat him in some way, so I actually felt wow. accomplished. Yeah, but all all that putting aside, right? Yeah, I think I think it was a healthy kind of. Uh, of a competition, competition. Not, okay not, not to say competition but something to look up to and oh mm. if you can do better that's great yep but once you get he actually got 40 points in ib and i was like oh my god that's very hard to, to beat but i think the last mile I, I had 42 with you know some luck of the friends good support system everything but in university that was the time where you know because university like you know all the best people come mm. to that university and then to be like really performing well you really need to be good yeah and i think i can't lie to <laughs> Yeah, academic-wise, that's a limit for my for my <laughs> knowledge. So I felt like, okay, my brother ba- basically graduated in SMU Singapore, right? It's mm. like really good school, really competitive. But he still managed to get the highest uh, honours, like summa cum laude, which is like high distinction. And I was very inspired that, oh, I, I didn't think that I was going to match it. I was like, okay, at least I get first on. <laughs> which turned out, I didn't make it. But <laughs> life goes on. And right. yeah. so, so I think it was healthy. And yeah, just to share some point of view or like, yeah. yeah the way that yeah. I work my siblings. You know, yeah. you know, in Malaysia, we have this saying about Ray. We call it Kiasu, <laughs> which in Cantonese, it's Kangshu uh, or so to speak, scared to lose. And he embodies this <laughs> trait exceptionally well. I think you're referring to my sister, right? Yeah. My, so <laughs> after I get like decent stuff, so my sister was like, oh, she's going to do it. So she really surprised all of us. I think we... Or I, I should say both the brothers provided such good examples, right? Wow. So, Motivation. So, yeah. so she got like, because she did law in Warwick, right? Mm-hmm. So she, she just surprised everyone that she got like first class on for law. And that's, I think, really, really hard yeah. to get first class on. Yeah. yeah, it is. So I think just segmenting back to Eileen, right? So you, you, you last ended up on the note on, okay, um, it was actually more... Um, healthy kind of uh, role modeling with you and your mm-hmm. brother and setting good examples for your two other siblings, mm-hmm. right? And At the end of the day, yeah. I think right now we are all in different industries. My brother works in private equity in Singapore now and I'm in dentistry, which is a far cry from a private equity. My younger brother is into computer engineering, coding and stuff like that. So all three of us uh, so far, we are in very different industries and to be honest, there's really no way to, to compare with one another. And that's the, the end of the story. 
as long as we are happy, we are healthy, we have a good relationship with one another, I think that's what is the most important. Yeah, I think we, we talked a lot about your siblings and your all your siblings basically are everywhere. It's not even in Malaysia. Yeah. Then what brought you to Hong Kong? Mm-hmm. And what brought them away from Malaysia, actually? <laughs> I, I was wondering, because both of you are in Hong Kong, right? Yeah. And I think we can touch on, on that. But I think since you raised a lot about siblings, right? I, I, do, do you feel like, oh, man, I should have a sibling? Oh, are because you an only child? I'm yeah, the so only child. Oh. By the way, yeah, Andrian is like the only child in his family. Yeah, so, yeah, I think he, he, he has found a way to like, um, you know, stay motivated find role models outside right yeah you know, maybe parents is like a big part right yeah I, I think i think i'm happy being a single child in a way no need you to, would never know no need to share resources right yeah no <laughs> arguments yeah yeah i don't need to fight it with siblings on like if when we're kids toys or when we like growing to like fight for attention or anything else so i'm happy with that but i think throughout my school i would say I would like look up to one person and I want to reach that. And for university, I would also look into other people's grade and I want to beat it. Mm-hmm. So ho- fortunately, <laughs> Ray definitely beat me in terms of IV, but thank God I, <laughs> I reversed that in university. Oh. <laughs> so Eileen, we know who is the more kiasu one, right? Yep, it's yep, definitely, it's definitely. Yeah. Wow, mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> it's definitely the other host of the Talk Lab podcast. <laughs> Which is Eileen. <laughs> yeah. So now I think uh, segmenting in like, you know, yeah. what Andrew touched upon, like, yeah. Why did you decide to choose, uh, you know, Hong Kong? How do you stumble into Hong Kong? I'm sure you have a lot of different options out there. You mm-hmm. were like one of the top students in Malaysia. And yeah, like, can you just briefly share your process and evalu- evaluation process on, you know, why Hong Kong became... Uh, your top choice? Well, I mean, uh, to be very honest, I wouldn't say I, I was one of the top students in Malaysia. I just tried my best and, mm-hmm. you know, that that's where I ended up. Um, when, I, when I thought or when I was inspired to study dentistry, I started looking up, you know, places in the world, top universities to study dentistry in the world. And I found out to my surprise that Hong Kong was one of the top on the list. Actually, uh, side note, the University of Hong Kong was on the QS uh, World Ranking for Dentistry, top of this list for three years in a row. And at that time, I was just going down the list, number one, two, three, top one, top two, top three, and just applied to them. <laughs> I know it sounds very very cliched, but that's what I did for because, you know, my, my family, they had no background in dentistry. They never knew where to go or you know, which university was good. All we had was this QS World Ranking, which is a survey conducted every year. And I applied to these. Uh, I think among out of Hong Kong, the only other country that I applied to was the UK. And the main reason for these two countries was that these two countries, both Hong Kong and the UK, are accepted uh, by the Malaysian government mm. if uh, I would want to go back home to uh, continue practice, my yeah, yeah to practice or to continue working there. Mm. I, I I can relate to your evaluation process. Yeah, it's actually we don't really think too much about uh, where to end up. Like we, at the end of the day, yeah, we we are receivers, right? Like uh, whoever that accepts us, then we go, right? 
yeah. then like actually my evaluation process was very similar to <laughs> yeah I, yeah QS was one of the rankings but now looking back like yeah there's a lot of different other rank times mm. and, but QS was somehow I don't know why popular among Malaysian students mm. like we, we we just look at the top universities and then yeah the top one was HKU I applied and then yeah I ended up in UST because I think the offer was a lot better mm. yeah so well, for me, I didn't need to narrow it down between any Hong Kong universities because there was the only yeah. one in, in Hong Kong. Yeah. And yeah. <coughs> <laughs> lost for words. Yeah, for sure. My turn to lost for words. But I think Hong Kong, what makes Hong Kong special for you to continue to practice? Because you studied here, but doesn't mean that you have to practice. But even though I think it's much easier. But I think you, in the briefing, we, we said that it's actually hard for you to, if you have a profession, if you're licensed in Hong Kong, it's harder to move anywhere else for a profession. Yeah, so uh, we were just talking this morning about licensing. Um, as a prof uh, professional, uh, as a dentist, uh, it's important for us to be licensed and registered with the, the, for example, the dental council of the certain country. And in Hong Kong, I'm a registered dentist. But uh, as of right now, if I wanted to go, let's say, to move to another country like the UK, I would have to take a conversion exam. If I wanted to go back to Malaysia, I'd have to do a two-year compulsory housemanship program, which at this point in time, I think they are a little bit full and may not be able to give uh, you know, applicants a position. Yeah. So it's a little bit different for us when we, when we want to uh, think about switching countries or switching uh, places of practice. Yeah. Uh, in contrast to, say, for example, Ray, who works in IT, he works, and if he said he wanted, he was not happy in his current job and he wanted to move to a different country, all he needed to do was, uh, will be to, you yeah. know, go for an interview, set up, sign up the contract, and let's go. Yeah. But, but if you want to know more of that, you can stay tuned for episode two because we're going to dive more into the dentist industry. So. Which, which, which you can watch our YouTube as well. Yeah. We would have some demonstration. Hopefully, you can learn a bit more about that, right? I yeah. I think before we uh, wrap it up, um, just one side because I think um, Eileen, you're from Malaysia, right? Yep. yep. So obviously, um, that has some sort of a big impact as to who you are as a person, how you how you identify yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So being a Malaysian outside of uh, Malaysia, especially in Hong Kong, what are some of the the values or traits that you know? Us being Malaysians, we'll never uh, forego. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, for me, Malaysia is all about family and food. I oh, mean, yeah. who doesn't makan, yeah. like Malaysian food? I mean, you can see by the number of Malaysian eateries that have popped up in Hong Kong recently. We have Semua Semua, we have Bagus Bagus. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, it's about yeah these two things. The thing I the two things that I miss the most about home are family and food. Um, about being Malaysian, I I think it's a really good place to grow up. It's a very happy country, and yeah, I wouldn't change yeah. where I'm from. I think eventually, if I have kids too, I also want to give them a chance to grow up in Malaysia. I think. It, because I, I actually spent time in Singapore, in Hong Kong, and so far what I've seen or experienced as a city, I may be wrong, but it's pretty stressful, right? And if you're growing up from young all the way up to, you know, uh, university, it's all about education. And now today it's not just about education. It's about 
what you do outside. Like even you know, two years you need to go into a good playroom, and the parents need to go through interviews. The kids can't even talk, but then they go through interviews, and I can just foresee their whole life have to, and and it might not be for everyone because every kid is uh, different. Yeah, very mm-hmm. different. Yeah. And going back to food, right? Yeah, yeah, I can agree. But I can't really tell from your figure. It's still very well kept. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think just to wrap things up, right? Yeah, we always end up yep. with, uh, we always ask this to our guests. Yeah. What are, you know, some of your, your biggest advice or takeaways to, you know, teenagers that are going through that? But I think most of our audience are young adults that are one or two years or even like finishing off university. What are just some of uh, the takeaways from your side from your journey thus far? Yeah, mm. What advice would you give them? I think uh, for myself, uh, one of the most important things that I always hold on to is to always remember my why. Why am I doing this? You know, like, why do you wake up every morning at 8 a.m. to go to work? Why? For podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> actually, 7.40. Yeah, actually, 7.40. But... Yeah, remembering your why is always a bi- the biggest motivator for me uh, to push myself to be even better than I am today. And for me, it's because I, I, I found an industry that I am really interested in. I really care about my patients' oral, he- oral, ca- oral health and their teeth. And I'm actually interested in it, which is why, you know, occupational hazard. <laughs> I have and good teeth. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Watch us on YouTube and you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to zoom right in. <laughs> yep. We can continue the takeaway. So that's basically the takeaway from Eileen. You really are into dentistry. That's why it gives you motivation to wake up every day. But to sideways a bit, what are your hobbies to do on the weekends? Because... I know that you are into a sport that Ray is pretty into as well. Mm-hmm, right? Yeah, I actually uh, in university I picked up dragon boating. I was actually the team captain, the women's team captain, and the vice chairman of my university's dragon boat team. Uh, I did it for six years whilst I was studying, and uh, and now I'm still continuing in a affiliate team outside. We actually do race uh, internationally. We've been to Malaysia, we've been to Korea, we've been we've been to uh, mainland China for our races, and um, yeah, this is one of the things that keeps me active. Uh, aside from dragon boating as well, I, I, I do enjoy swimming. I've recently oh, yeah. participated in two open water swimming races. Uh, it's it's a little bit different from pool swimming, um, but it's a learning curve and I think it's a good way to keep me healthy as well. Aside from these things, I know you'd be like, eh, dragon boat, water, swimming, water. I actually really like water sports, so I'm into kayaking as well. My Dragon Boat team, we have quite a few uh, racing kayaks. So, so occasionally, uh, or you know, back then during the uh, COVID nineteen pandemic, where team sports weren't allowed, I'd like to take the kayak and go out to the ocean on my own, just you know, to give my muscles yeah. a little bit of a shake up. Yeah, I think um, it's very interesting to also know you. Um, to have some side hobbies I think that's important right yeah of course knowing your why that should drive how you want to live your life and then you set things around on yeah. the side on, on what helps you achieve that so I think um, yeah um, really really appreciate y- your time coming up and for your honor sharing I think it, we, we had a blast like it's very bubbly very casual chill session 
yeah so i think we can wrap things up yeah yeah um thank you eileen again like our <laughs> youtube and like share subscribe and comment on our youtube channel so if you really like it just remember to just enjoy the show <laughs> yeah and stay tuned for part two all right yep. bye, bye. bye.